I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And today I want to talk about the events of the German Revolution and the kind of period which you could describe as a counter-revolution from late 1918 uh, or early 1919 uh, onwards. Um, By late 1918, it looked as if um, liberal democracy had established itself uh, in Germany, Germany had never been quite as autocratic as um, Tsarist Russia, nor quite as democratic as, say, France or Great Britain. Uh, It had been this curiously um, authoritarian hybrid of a directly elected Reichstag, but also uh, a chancellor appointed by uh, an authoritarian Kaiser and a a uh, large presence, uh, a, a powerful militarism which kind of cemented um, society uh, together. The German Revolution, uh, which ended Germany's First World War, um, seemed to have dramatically changed all that. The Weimar Constitution um, was established, but there were on the fringes of German politics not only uh, radical leftists but extreme ultranationalists who um, are, were synonymous with the uh, the Freikorps and other secret societies um, that uh, were still really fighting the war uh, long after the armistice uh, of uh, November 1918. So today uh, I'm looking again at The Vanquished by Robert Gerwitz, um, and it's a, a, an excellent book, particularly looking at the nuances and the details of this revolutionary period in Germany. And um, the first thing he looks at is the complexities of politics on the left and the emergence of the German Communist Party. What you see in Germany in the winter of 1918 to 19 is um, 
a schism within the revolutionary movement between moderate and radical revolutionaries. So really the moderate, the, the moderate and the radical left, the moderates being um, are seen as the uh, social democrats the, um, and the, the radicals uh, emerging into uh, the communist movement. So the Social Democratic Party, that had been the largest party in Germany, had divided during the war between the majority Social Democrats that uh, carried on with the war and the independent Social Democrats that wanted an immediate halt to the conflict. Um, The majority Social Democrats uh, believed that a democratically elected National Assembly, a democratically elected Reichstag, um, would be the only body that could decide on the future constitution for Germany. However, um, the more radical left-wing independent Social Democrat Party, the USPD, um, who were known um, as the Spartacus League, um, and uh, believed that uh, the National Assembly, uh, an elected National Assembly, would be an institution of bourgeois power. It would be uh, how the middle classes would perpetuate their rule in Germany. Far better, they said, to seize the revolutionary moment and to rule Germany now through a system of workers' councils, or Soviets, as they would be known in uh, Russia. Um, the uh, USPD, the majority Social Democrats, and the other parties of the Weimar government, the, the moderate centre parties, saw this uh, immediately as um, part of uh, a, a kind of a Soviet ploy to uh, expand influence into Germany. And uh, despite the fact that the many members of the USPD were actually staunch critics of Lenin and weren't necessarily supporters of the Bolshevik party in Russia at all. On the left, there were two significant figures, Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Liebknecht. Um, Karl Liebknecht came from uh, left royalty, really. Um, He was uh, a a radical figure who um, had been uh, part of the the Liebknecht family, obviously. Son of Wilhelm Liebknecht, um, who had been uh, one of the closer collaborators with Marx and who had established the um, SPD alongside uh, August Babel, um, Le- Karl Liebknecht um, was more radical than his father. Um, who he believed that uh, social democracy was simply um, a device for propping up the capitalist system, essentially making things slightly nicer for the workers and making a revolution less likely. Um, he studied law um, at the universities of Leipzig and Berlin and opened a law practice in 1899 which defended socialists uh, in the German courts and uh, um, Bismarck's um, uh, anti-socialist laws. In 1907, Liebknecht got himself into significant trouble by uh, his various anti-militarist writings um, and he was sentenced to 18 months in prison. Um, this actually served to enhance his reputation on the left, and um, he was elected to the Reichstag as a social democrat in 1912. He was the only member of the, of the Reichstag to vote against war credits in 1914. The, the war credits vote is a significant moment in the history of the European left, as that was the moment where the left, the largest left party in Europe, decided 
to embrace what the uh, rest of um, socialist Europe viewed as a, a capitalist war. Uh, the reason why the Social Democrats chose to do this was their um, view that the nation must unite against the threat from Russia and that really there would be very little chance of anything progressive happening in Germany ever again with Russian boots uh, on the Unter den Linden. From 1914 onwards, a small grouping within the SPD uh, emerged known as the Group of the International. Um, and in 1916, it renamed itself the Spartacus League, or the Sparta Sisters, as they were also known. The Spartacus uh, being the, the leader of slave rebellion against ancient Rome, as, as you fans of Kirk Douglas probably know. Um, they, they wrote various um, uh, correspondences and, and uh, pamphlets called the Spartacus Brief or Spartacus Letters. Uh, and Liebknecht um, openly advocated socialist revolution, the overthrow of the capitalist system and the uh, immediate end uh, to the war. This, of course, is all banned and Liebknecht um, was uh, not immune from prosecution despite being a parliamentarian and he was uh, arrested and sent as a soldier to the Eastern Front, hopefully to be killed by a stray bullet so that, um, uh, so that his enemies uh, wished. Um, he was released in 1915 uh, as a result of ill health and um, was arrested again on May Day 1916 for leading an anti-war demonstration in the Potsdamer Platz. He was sentenced uh, following that to four years imprisonment for high treason and it was in October 1918, as the, as the Kaiser's rule crumbled, um, that uh, all political prisoners were amnestied and um, the, the democratisation of the German Empire uh, resulted in him being able to walk out of, of prison um, and straight into um, another anti-war demonstration um, which uh, resulted in him uh, being welcomed into the Russian embassy uh, where uh, Bolshevik ambassadors, the new Bolshevik ambassadors, um, welcomed him with a, a polite reception. Now, if you were a social democrat in late 1918 and you had spent the last year from late 1917 looking eastwards, you would have seen social democrats in Russia, the Mensheviks and other uh, moderates on the left, being arrested and in some cases executed um, by uh, Lenin's Cheka. Now, seeing uh, Karl Liebknecht uh, walk into the Russian embassy, having advocated socialist revolution, would start to make you think very carefully about your own fate as a uh, centre-left moderate. Because, again, those on the radical left saw the centre-left as being uh, far more dangerous than any other force in politics because they're the people that could hold up the revolution. They're the people that could convince the workers that things are basically OK and the status quo, um, whilst made slightly nicer, could be um, uh, acceptable. Um, and it was uh, this that would perhaps be uh, the thing that sealed uh, Liebknecht and Rosa Luxemburg's fate in the end. So talking about Rosa Luxemburg, um, she was a, a Polish-born uh, activist, um, uh, Marxist and um, in intellectual and writer. Um, and the two of them had been editors 
of a communist uh, newspaper, De Rit Fan, or The Red Flag. Um, she'd been uh, born in Zamosk in, in Russia and had been the uh, youngest daughter of uh, a Jewish wood merchant um, who made sure that all his children had uh, a humanist education. And the um, result of, um, of this was that, uh, like many of her, her generation, um, she became involved in revolutionary activities. There seems to be an interesting correlation between her story and Leon Trotsky's. He was also the son of a kind of uh, a, a, a Jewish um, uh, Jewish farmer of the middling sort, who sent his son away to get a, a good and, in this case, again a sort of humanist kind of education, and the the tendency as outsiders in a chauvinistic Russian society, for which there are few opportunities for Jews to embrace revolutionary activities, it seems to be have been prevalent in in both cases. The um, obvious destination for her by 1889 was uh, Zurich, where most of the European uh, revolutionary left tended to congregate uh, as it was a kind of a safe haven. Um, here, with her lover, Leo Jogiches, um, who was from uh, Vilnius, um, they founded the Social Democratic uh, party of Poland and Lithuania, um, of whom one of the alumni was uh, the, for, the the future uh, secret police uh, luminary and uh, chief torturer Felix Dzerzhinsky, who was the mastermind behind Lenin's initial Red Terrors. Rosa Luxemburg um, gained uh, German citizenship eventually by marriage and moved to Berlin and joined the SPD. Um, and became um, key in the, the debates between the, the revolutionary and the reformist uh, branches of, of the party. Um, she was jailed three times, uh, 1904, 1906, and then during uh, the war, um, and never at any point gave up kind of political activism, even when she... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
she was in jail. So she was released in November 1918, in, along with the, the, the general amnesty. And uh, on returning to Berlin, she met with Karl Liebknecht, um, and the radical left kind of cements around them until January 1919. Um, they are they both articulate the same kind of language as Lenin and the Bolsheviks, demanding all power to the councils. Um, and a second revolution. Obviously, Russia had had two revolutions in 1917, a uh, revolution that brought the provisional government to power, and then a revolution that brought the uh, the Bolsheviks to, to power. Um, and she argued that the new Weimar government under Philip Scheidman and Friedrich Ebert was just simply a continuation of imperial Germany, um, after having gone through something of a rebranding exercise. Um, she said, uh, Scheidman and Ebert are the appointed leaders of the German revolution in its current stage, but the revolution is not standing still. Its law of life is rapid advancement. In saying things like this, um, both Luxembourg and Liebknecht, essentially uh, in the eyes of the Weimar government, had, had declared war on, on the Weimar government. But things were going to progress uh, in a, a radical and violent direction uh, in December. Um, by Christmas 1918, the uh, left-wing People's Navy Division, who were uh, former sailors uh, in Berlin who had uh, sided with the more radical aspects of the revolution, um, and the Social uh, Democrats controlled uh, military forces of the city who were uh, led by the so majority Social Democrat Otto Wells, um, clashed. Um, the uh, Wells believed that the Navy Division, um, who were closely connected to Luxembourg and Liebknecht, were a dangerous threat. Um, these were uh, soldier armed men in uh, Berlin who uh, were advocating um, a Bolshevik style overthrow of the government. Wells believed that the division, uh, the, the Navy division, should be reduced in size um, and their weapons should be taken from them and that uh, their wages should be withheld uh, as leverage. On the 23rd of December, Mutinous sailors um, seized Wells and took him prisoner. Friedrich Ebert uh, saw this as an attack on the state um, and reacted quickly. In a way, Ebert had had a very good education looking at the Russian Revolution, where there was uh, periodically in, in situations like this inaction and indecision. In Germany, uh, the uh, moderate left were determined not to be taken by surprise in this way. Um, Ebert uh, didn't um, speak to his uh, to, to the USPD, who uh, he was in coalition with. Uh, instead, he goes straight to the army. Now, the army are the, the bastions of reaction in Germany. They uh, the only reason why they spend any time supporting the moderate left SPD-led Weimar government is because they fear and hate the alternative so much more. Uh, the possibility that the USPD or even communists could get into power is really, really very alarming indeed. But they're willing to listen 
to Ebert if Ebert wants to do something um, that will benefit their cause in some way. Um, Friedrich Ebert, um, the Chancellor, makes the mistake perhaps of assuming that the army are actually on his side. Um, the army um, is uh, happy to oblige and there was fighting for the city centre of Berlin around the Imperial uh, Hohenzollern Imperial Castle um, and unfortunately for the government uh, the naval division are uh, able to prevail. These are elite fighters uh, who managed to uh, defeat German army troops. This is referred to as the Battle of Christmas Eve. Um, and it showed how weak the, the Ebert government was uh, in the face of um, uh, radical protest and, and radical forces. There were two consequences of this. The first being that um, the USPD, the Independent Social Democrats, and the Majority Social Democrats, power company, never again to be reconciled. On the 29th of December, um, three uh, USPD representatives left the Council of People's Deputies, strongly um, protesting about Ebert's decision to send troops uh, against the sailors. The second problem was that the Prime Minister of Prussia, Paul Hirsch, who was again a majority social democrat, decided that he was going to get rid of the Berlin chief of police, uh, which was within his, uh, his gift to do, uh, uh, Emil Eichhorn. Um, Eichhorn was a kind of a popular figure on the left, and he had come to the assistance of the People's Navy Division, um, and he had sent out uh, the Sicherheitswehr, or the Berlin Security Guard, the kind of the paramilitaries uh, of uh, Berlin, to help the Navy Division against the army. The USPD and uh, other left-wing groups, um, including the, the emerging Communist Party, um, reacted to uh, what they thought was um, deliberate provocation uh, and they called a mass demonstration against the Ebert government for the restoration of Eichhorn into his, um, into his job. Now, this mass demonstration boils out of control very quickly um, and by, uh, on the 5th of January 1919, the situation escalates and um, the, uh, you have USPD and Spartacist demonstrators seizing the social democratic newspaper Vorwarts um, and they also take control of um, publishing houses across Berlin's newspaper district. On the evening of the 5th of January, um, these actions were followed by the formation of a revolutionary committee. This meant that um, Liebknecht had, uh, was able to further escalate the situation against the government um, by, again, demanding its overthrow. So this is an explicitly insurrectionary moment. It sort of, it, it kind of had emerged in a piecemeal way, as revolutions often do. But um, the... Uh, the decision to uh, remove Eichhorn from his job 
had provoked the um, left, had provoked the Spartacists uh, into uh, the, a kind of disorganised uprising, and Liebknecht draws order from the chaos and starts to give the movement shape and, and purpose. So, the Spartacists were a very small organisation. They were uh, tiny in number, really, and in influence and power. Um, but Ebert was deeply worried about them. He took the threat very seriously. Um, his view um, was that the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia uh, offered a kind of a, a textbook version of what could happen in Germany. Um, and this meant that there was the possibility in Ebert's mind of uh, a government being um, overthrown by a, a tiny, tiny minority. Um, in Ebert's way of thinking, the communist uprising in Berlin was not dissimilar to the October Revolution in uh, St. Petersburg, in, in Petrograd. Um, and there was one figure on, the, on Ebert's side who was more than happy to get his hands dirty. This was um, the MSPD's uh, defence minister, uh, a military expert, Gustav Nosk. Um, and Nosk was happy to make deals with the army, and he famously said, somebody has to be the bloodhound, and I do not shrink from this responsibility. Um, he gained control of government troops around Berlin to restore law and order, and he did this in the most violent and bloody means possible. Um, so he doesn't rely just on normal troops, but instead on the Freikorps, who we've been talking about recently. Um, and these are some of these guys who, if you'd heard me talking about the Baltic states recently, some of these were the Freikorps who had returned from the Baltic states after fighting communists there. And they, uh, he called upon them as, as volunteers to uh, destroy... Um, the Spartacists in the capital. And his choice of the Freikorps is quite deliberate. He knows he's choosing the, the men who loathe and hate the communists more than uh, anything else. The um, result is fairly, uh, fairly swift, and the Freikorps men who have been uh, indoctrinated by the army to see the communists as the cause of all of Germany's problems and the cause of Germany's downfall and the reason why Germany lost the war, um, engage in savage reprisals, um, and including the killing of Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Liebknecht, um, who were both um, taken prisoner uh, with immense violence and beatings and then summarily executed uh, by, uh, by the Freikorps. Um, the here you see the Weimar government really making um, a kind of a pact with the devil. I mean, no, no doubt, uh, no doubt, some kind of um, revolutionary terror would probably have been the consequence of the Spartacists seizing power. Though the chances of the Spartacists actually succeeding would have been incredibly slim. However, what Ebert succeeds in doing here is uh, tying his uh, colours to um, the mast of uh, a, an enemy of himself and of the Weimar Republic. The, the Freikorps and the army uh, and the conservative right-wing establishment of uh, aristocrats, industrialists and newspaper owners 
uh, have no desire to see the Weimar Republic succeed and no desire to see it survive. And uh, Ebert, um, who dies only a few years later, um, is a chancellor under siege from these forces uh, who he's thrown his lot in with, though perhaps in the circumstances there was very little else he could have done. Okay, I'm going to leave that there, and then we're going to return later this week, hopefully, to talk about Hungary and Bela Kun. Um, if you found this useful, and if you want to support the Explaining History podcast, then do check out our Patreon page. It's uh, in below uh, in this link, um, and I'll be catching you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.